mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello. I've just eaten pad thai for breakfast. No, that's not true. It was pad ki miao. Pad, pad ki miao? Pad ki miao. I was saying that yesterday. Oh, it's Pad Kimao, and Violet's like, Mom, you're not allowed to say that. It's racist. I was like, no, no, I'm trying to say the name of the Thai dish that I ordered. She's like, well, you're putting on an accent. How do you even say Pad Kimao in a Canadian accent? Pad Kimao? It's the same. Excitingly, we have new restaurants opening in the neighborhood, and we recently moved out to Hertfordshire. We don't have as much choice as we had living in zone two of London. Oh my gosh, you can get everything there now. Everything. Sometimes I go to Jen's house. She's got sushi. She's got Little Moon's mochi balls. She's got Five Guys. She's got it all. I don't even eat half the stuff that she's got. Starbucks she's got. It's just nice to know that she's got it. And when you get a new restaurant in your neighborhood, it's very exciting. And it makes me feel like maybe some of this industry is coming back. Because around here, it's all local, independent, you know, small restaurants. So that was great. And I like to try to hold on to these positive elements of what remains in lockdown. The news has not been, I mean, gosh, look at what's happening. So Texas was frozen because they're on some independent electrical grid. Now their governor has opened the entire state up. No masks, no closures, no nothing which is very interesting. We'll see how that goes. They want to test our children now twice a week to go to school. These lateral flow tests, which who's paying for those? I don't even know that they work properly. And they expect children to be able to administer the test correctly. I do not know a child alive who brushes her teeth properly, let alone is prepared to stick that swab far enough back in her nose, like where it needs to go to actually find the virus if you have it. If you've not been tested for COVID, I'm tested probably twice a week myself for work and the odd jobs that I get to leave this house for, and they crank it back. I mean, it kind of hurts. I'm used to it now. It's not that bad. Nothing's that bad. But uh, trust me, you put that in the hands of an 11-year-old, it's not happening. So quit wasting your money. Sorry, my money, our money. And the country's mad at Meghan Markle. I love, I love when we get cross with Meghan Markle because it's just so petty. It's so high school. So there was someone in my life who started texting me all kind of mad shit the other day because they were drunk. And I don't begrudge this person. Luckily, I grew up with a few alcoholics scattered around the family. I can tell straight away when someone's drunk. You learn to be very vigilant 
as a child growing up like that. I receive one mad ass text (laughs) and I just don't reply. And of course, I receive probably 20 more increasingly erratic texts. Still not a problem for me. I just put my phone away and I go, well, you know, you're drunk. We'll see you tomorrow. And the next morning, this person tried to pass it off like, oh, sorry about that. My friend actually had my phone and thought it would be banter to start texting you all that stuff. Like, come on. I'm not a teenager. I'm not buying it. Just own up. Wake up in the morning and go, I was wasted. Sorry about those texts. I'm going to get a breathalyzer installed on my phone ASAP. The British press right now, allegedly populated by adults, feels like TikTok. They are hell-bent on besmirching the reputation of Meghan Markle at any cost. And they're so childish and petty about it. They're like, well, she was bullying her aides. And the bullying, give me an example of the bullying. Oh, no, 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 can't do that. But there are reports that she was, she was bullying, bullying them out of a job even. First of all, if you are a royal aide, is basically your job description to be bullied. You do not have a normal life. Anyone with a PA is bullying them or you're getting taken advantage of by your PA. (laughs) There's only two options there. When any American woman speaks to me, I feel like I'm being bullied. You know, I'm bullied by Jen within an inch of my life, but she's one of my best friends. She's just an American woman who knows what she wants and I put up with it and I like it. It's spicy. Whereas if you flip it around and try to decipher whether the British press, which is a huge organization run by billionaires, whether they have actively participated in the systematic bullying of Meghan Markle, then that's clear. And we have many examples of that. When Harry and Meghan first started dating, and there were all these conversations sparking up about how pure her blood was, because it's this blue bloodline, and she's exotic. When she wore trousers to some fashion event, and everyone lost their shit. Or when she wore jeans to Wimbledon, and the press is like, oh, well, we know who wears the trousers in this relationship. The press, by the way, is a ubiquitous machine, not some five-foot-nothing American girl who lives in a palace. And by the way, I've seen a hundred of you who are having these bullshit backyard weddings that will never be printed about. You're having your cousins there and your husband's family. You turn into, not all of you, the worst bridezillas ever. And you're like, mom, you have to make the centerpieces exactly the way I said. And don't you fucking dare wear that to my wedding. And you better not bring so-and-so. And you have to have the hair that I say and wear the shoes that I say and come on this four-day hen do because I said... Like, Megan was about to get married. I'm not excusing any rude behavior, but I'm saying if she was acting like a bitch, which is different, by the way, from acting like a bully, then it's because she knew that she was about to be at the mercy of the universe who would be nitpicking and commenting on these nuptials. When they shamed her for her divorce, they said, oh, she bolted once, she'll bolt again, she can't be trusted, you know, she's damaged goods because she's divorced. All the shit with her dad, where the British press were like, let's find the worst people in her family. How would you like that, by the way? You're about to get married and they dig in and find, you know, your brother who's arrested for domestic assault, your sister who had her kids taken away for whatever. Oh, yeah, let's give them a platform and print all of their correspondence with you. When she crossed her legs, when she didn't cross her legs, when she wore tights, when she wore a bra and you could see the bra strap, her black clothes, 
her black nail polish, her one-shoulder dress, the constant comparisons with her sister-in-law, whom everyone loves, by the way, and is already embedded to the family and does whatever everyone says. When she was pregnant, how she held her baby bump, how she touched her baby bump, how she dressed her baby bump, the way she announced her pregnancy the second time, the way she shared the tragic story of her miscarriage, the fact that she didn't use the usual royal hospital and she wouldn't pose on the stairs, the fact that she wears hair extensions. Apparently, she's also responsible for Prince Harry starting to lose his hair. And because they can't really substantiate the bullying rumors, they're like, let me just sweeten that gossip with the explosive news that she wore diamond earrings gifted to her by the Saudi prince. Ladies, we have all kept jewelry gifted to us by worse people than the Saudi prince. And I'm sure she has so many jewels and diamonds gifted or purchased or borrowed or otherwise. And also, newsflash, these girls are not even in charge of what they wear. So some hapless stylist lays out, sorry, Jen, (laughs) someone who doesn't know, I don't know, lays this shit out and is like, okay, here's what you're going to wear today. And it's a beautiful, you know, she just picks them up and wears them. Actually, if she really wanted to be a bully, she could address the earrings and be like, I didn't even, I don't, I'm not in charge of what I wear. I have all this staff, remember, who quit because I'm such a bitch. I think it's dumb that as a nation, we are pumping so much energy and money into discussing whether a woman is a bitch or not. Oh, she's a manipulative narcissist. Yeah. What part of Hollywood actor did you not understand? (laughs) Like, I pretty much think everyone in my industry is something of a narcissist. I don't know. Surprise. She's not Kate Middleton. And for the record, it's a hard ass job to be Kate Middleton. How would you feel? She's basically Rapunzel. Like it takes a very special type of personality to want to be in that family. And you can't help who you fall in love with. When you really are over someone, you don't talk about them anymore. You don't look at their Instagram. You don't seek them out. You don't comment on their work with Oprah. So I think ITV needs to move on. And, you know, they make a lot of content that I adore. Love what I'm seeing on ITV. But they're the ones who bought the footage of this upcoming Meghan, Harry, Oprah interview. Why? So that they can use the clips for Good Morning Britain and everything else and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. I'll tell you this for free. And I can't name names or get into too much detail because it is, of course, hearsay. And it's just more childish gossip. But there is another version of events where the feud is down to something entirely different. And I think it would be in the great interest of certain families to spin that a different way. And we don't hear that story. Everyone in my world knows that story. But we don't talk about it because we do not wish to be beheaded at London Tower. So, I mean, my apologies, the Tower of London. I think we should hurry to the emails today because I have a feeling, I mean, the inbox looks pretty full after last week's dick spash. So there'll be some lovely words from my beautiful sponsors. And when we come back, your emails. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. 
From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Okie doke. So I love receiving your letters. I'm very grateful. If you ever want to write me an email, the address is telling everybody everything at gmail.com. But you need to work on your brevity. This is what my teachers used to tell me when I was young. They'd be like, Catherine, good for you. You've written me a 10 page essay, but it needed to be about three pages. Make some edits. All right. A lot of girls in this email. A lot of different names. Blah, blah, blah. During this time, my friend was on Tinder and met a guy that she really liked and they started dating. Then she informed another co-worker on Girls' Night that she found out her new boyfriend had been to jail for a few years for groping women in random parking lots and is now on parole. She was struggling with this, I'll bet, because she found the info herself because she Googled him a few months after they started dating. She did not hear it from him, so she had to now confront him with the fact that she found all this out. It led to a couple of tough days, but she decided to stick by him, and she told our friend to swear to secrecy. Obviously, the friend ended up telling the rest of the girlfriends because this woman is talking about a possible future with this man and how it would affect their children since he has to register as a sex offender. So clearly, she still sees a future with him. Here's the thing. We've been in two social situations with this man since the ladies all found out about his sketchy past. One of those occasions was a pool party where my girlfriend had her young children with her. There was also talk of this man potentially staying with them on the recent girls getaway because his friends were going to be at the same resort and they didn't have room at their accommodation. So our friend asked if it would be cool for him to stay with us. We said it's a girls weekend, so no. Why would she have put us in this position in the first place? I'm struggling with this because I do think that after someone has served their time, they have a right to be reacclimatized to society, but here are my questions and thoughts. A. Why the fuck does Tinder let a registered sex offender on their app? Good question. B. Do you think that our friend should have told us about her boyfriend's past before she was in a social situation with him and her kids and also in a bathing suit at a pool party? Yeah, what is going on with your friend where we need to have an intervention now to tell her that she can do better than a sex offender? Maybe we need a man's opinion. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Bobby Kay, my beautiful husband out in the garden doing something, digging a hole. Maybe he was planning on killing me. It's a pretty deep hole. But I'm going to ring him and I'm going to pretend that my sister is the one dating this sex offender and see what his true from the heart advice is. Hello. Hi. Big T. What's going on? So Joanne's dating this new guy. Yeah. Turns out. Oh, no. I know. He's on parole. What? For having groped women in parking lots. What? And he spent over a year in jail and has to register as a sex offender. Oh, my God. This is like an episode of Life After Lockup. I know. Except shadier. So shady. Well, I mean, what, at what point do you bring that up? Right away, I guess. Yeah, you gotta. Oh my gosh. This well, is a true story. Yeah, her friend told me actually. So she has, like, her friends are pissed off with her because she has had him around uh, her friends knows. and yeah. her friends' kids and stuff. And she hasn't told all of her friends that he is the sex offender. And I don't know. She hasn't told you or your family personally. 
No, no, no. She told like one friend and swore her oh to secrecy. Oh my god, that is a hot, hot goss. I, I, I can't tell you what to say to her, but I mean that's a huge red flag. <laughs> I mean that's a that's a no go zone in my books. I don't know how long this charade can go on for. Mana. Okay, it's not about Joanne. It's about some girl on the podcast. But I need to get your genuine reaction. Oh, you freaking loser! <laughs> okay, what are you doing? Um. Just supervising some cool things. Okay. Diggings and buildings and such. All right. I love you. I love you too. Okay, bye. Well, Joanne's not seeing anyone and would not be seeing a sex offender. But my takeaway from that is Bobby would not be completely shocked if she was. Uh, Maybe that's as shocked as Bobby gets. He's pretty calm. But look, red flag, deal breaker, must not date a sex offender. I think that is a baseline that we can all set for ourselves. And it's not about, you know, yes, he could be rehabilitated. Fine, fine, fine. Don't bring him into your own life and be the one to rescue him or bring him around your friends. As her friends, yes, you all do have a right to feel offended that she was too embarrassed or protective or whatever it may be to tell you about this guy's history because you have a right to make an informed decision about who you give access to and he should not have by any means been around any of your children or been on the girls night honestly if this was my friend i would confront her no qualms i don't care if she's embarrassed she should be embarrassed i would be like this news just in we're no longer friends because you endangered my safety by bringing him around me and let me know when he's out of your life and we could be friends again peace Well, this doesn't look good. Catherine, she cyber kidnapped my son and is stealing my business idea. Whoa. Catherine, I have an unusual situation. Yeah, you do. I don't know what to do. My ex left me for our best friend's neighbor two weeks after finding out I was pregnant. They immediately got engaged and they started trying to have a baby. The split was nasty to say the least. And a month after my son was born... She announced she was pregnant and made a photo grid, including newborn pics of her daughters and my son, and a question mark for the fourth, and added, can't wait to see what baby number four looks like. I never posted photos of my son on social media, never sent them any pics, and they have never even met my son. My ex refused to pass a drug test and was struggling with an addiction, so he decided not to visit. She continued to post photos with slanderous captions all over social media. She even made a social media account under my son's name with captions like, my mom will take her clothes off for likes and swanky pics to cure autism. My son is autistic. And more, I have a court order saying she cannot post photos of my son, but that doesn't stop her. I started a new business a few years ago, and she opened a very similar business doing the exact same thing that I do. Can she get her own identity in life? They broke up a couple years ago, but have three kids together, and I truly thought the BS would stop when they had kids or when they broke up, but it never ends. I literally moved to get away from her, and she drove past my house a couple months later and then was posting all of her social media that she was in my town, which was six hours away. I honestly don't know what to do. I'm scared she'll never stop, and in 13 years, when my child discovers social media, she will try to contact him. I have panic attacks daily, 
I get that she has my son's siblings with the ex and he's in and out of rehab. He has no contact with my son and I don't want him to because it will mean letting this psychotic woman more and more into our lives. She has relentlessly stalked and harassed me and I've attached some screenshots. So just to show you a small portion of the social media harassment, I don't know what to do. I hate how much this affects me. I'm only 24 and she's 35. She has five kids. When will she grow up and leave me alone? I feel unsafe posting pics of my son. And I don't think I'll ever feel safe because of her. Her obsession with bullying me is ruining my life. What the hell? Okay, so this social media account has a baby in the profile. And it says, follow my mom. And it's at the mom. She'll take her clothes off for likes. Good vibes only. This is very weird. How is she getting these photos? Stepson, hashtag mommy life. I mean, this very much sounds like it could be legally solved, but I know that the judicial system is not always what you want it to be, and especially to do with any type of cyber stalking, cyber bullying, cyber sexual assault. Like they are so behind on what they need to do with this. I mean, listen. I feel like this is way out of my hands. I can tell you that I think this woman is vindictive and nuts and dangerous also. And it took me a long time in my life to even realize that women could be violent stalkers, but they can be. And you only have to look at the film Selena starring a very young Jennifer Lopez or the series of the same name to know that. This needs to be in the hands of the freaking police. And if you are a police person or a lawyer or someone who can protect this woman and you listen to telling everybody everything, please email with the subject line, help mom. That would be good. I'll look out for those. Help mom. We're going to try to get you some legal advice because this is bananas. You should not be afraid. And if your story can do anything today, let it be a lesson to people with partners like they can have their claws in you their partners their new partners can have their claws in you for life once you have a baby with them so I mean that doesn't help you now but be very careful and I'm just so sorry that you're going through this if it means anything whenever someone is talking bad about you I promise it means more to you than it does to anyone else. It's difficult to say just leave it be because of course you shouldn't tolerate that and you do need to protect yourself legally. But I promise no one else is taking notice of this woman. If they have had contact with her in their lives, they might think she's friendly and nice right away. But people show who they are and other people figure it out. You know, you're not the only person that she's stalked. You're not the first. You're not the last. People are not taking notice of her. So just try not to react. Block her. Stay as quiet as you can and let the police deal with it. And um, any bad review from someone who's nuts is actually a good review. Moving right along. Last week, I said that I didn't know what to do with balls and I'm very frustrated by the lack of instruction and this lovely woman has written me from Dublin, Ireland and she said, I'd love to share my answer. I hope it's not too long. My boyfriend and I have been together since we were 16 and we enjoy exciting sex. I like to be slapped, spanked during sex, depending on the cheek. What? I was giving my boyfriend a hand job recently. I've had to abstain from sex for two weeks after a procedure. And like you, I never really knew what to do with balls. My partner encouraged a fondling motion, but this didn't seem right. So during the hand job, I gently 
but firmly slapped his balls. The result? Come. <laughs> My boyfriend came instantly. He was shocked and confused, but pleasured nonetheless. Now he asks for it all the time, and I enjoy doing it. Obviously not too much. I may want children from him one day. Just wanted to share my experience. I don't know about this. Well, uh, we'll see what I can do and get back to you. Here's the next one. It says, don't settle. There is hope. Make the list. Catherine, I'm writing to you because I'm quite stunned at how many of the emails you read about being stuck in a bad, wrong, sometimes downright toxic relationship. I shouldn't be so stunned because I've been there myself repeatedly until the list. It took me until I was 30 years old to learn from my many mistakes, my much needed time alone, my many name something wellness related retreats until I was able to leave a relationship that was not right for me simply because it was not right. The guy was a good person. I wish him well, but we were not at the same point in our lives at all. He was quite younger than I am, and although we liked many of the same things in life, we did not want many of the same things going forward. So instead of staying with him, I left. We had just moved in together. I had just moved to an entirely new country. I only had a part-time job, and I was the one keeping the flat, so the situation was not ideal. Oh, and of course, I was now 30, so my hormones were screaming, you will never find someone ever again. But guess what? One night after he had gone and I had done a sage party <laughs> and I had a new flatmate, we made the list. The list is simple. You just write down everything you want in a partner. And I mean it, everything. My list went from clean and tidy to wants a family to generous and to with no addictions. Isn't it funny you have to put that on a list? Not a sex offender, not a drug addict. Once I had finished my list, there were about 17 items on it. It felt good. I felt like I'd put myself first and I had asked the universe for what I wanted from a place of balance. I had been very thorough and precise. I proudly showed it to my flatmate who was making his own list and looked at mine and immediately burst out, oh darling, you didn't ask for nearly enough things. So I added things. Someone I find handsome, someone I find kind, someone who wants a cat. And then the list had 31 items on it. And guess what? A couple months later, I met him. It was love at first sight, cameras in slow motion meeting, and a whirlwind romance. He has everything on the list and he can cook. We want the same things. We make each other happy. For the first time in a relationship, I don't want to run away after one year. We moved in together when the pandemic started and never looked back. Now we're buying a flat together and we have a cat. Sometimes I do remember that very scared part of me, the part that did not want to leave the previous relationship because I was scared it was too late, scared it would never meet anyone else, scared I would never fall in love again. You have to trust your intuition and listen to it. If you listen to it, it will grow and it will help and it is never wrong. If you're not leaving a relationship because you're scared, there's no one else out there for you. Just leave, leave now, pack your bag, throw them out, do whatever you can, just leave. Then cry, drink all the wine, watch all the movies, take the baths and make the list. You owe it not only to yourself, but to the wonderful person who's waiting for you. And even though the cat may end up a bit of a bastard, the man will be the most wonderful partner you could ever have dreamed of. Oh, this is a wonderful email. I think it's going to make people really happy after a few 
harrowing emails earlier today. And you know what you say about intuition? I've had to speak to that part of me and say out loud, I believe you. I really dislike it when I don't vibe with someone at work because I'm used to getting along with everyone truly. And there was someone recently that for some reason, I just did not like them at work. And I was like, Catherine, you're an asshole. Like, why are you having problems with this person? Why don't you like them? And then I just had to decide like, you know what? Your intuition, there's something about them that irks you. And you have to dig deep and say, I trust my intuition. I believe you. And I like that you have personified that little part of yourself. And you see it as this little person inside of you. And you go, okay, I trust you. I trust you. And then that person gets you know, parenting from you and that person grows and develops where you've kind of neglected them for a long time. Because as soon as I acknowledged that little toddler inside of me and I was like, I'm listening, it's all right, I believe you, then it really settled down and I stopped having like a physical reaction every time I was around this person because I was like, we can get through this, we don't like you, but look, intuition, thank you for letting me know. Thanks. I believe you. It's going to be okay. I love your letter. Thank you for writing it. Oh, just a quick email. Hi, Catherine. I just bought your tour tickets for Aberdeen. Can't wait. See you in October. Yes, I should mention again, I am on tour from September, I think all the way to March or April 2022. And I'm in tour all around the UK and some of Europe, like Denmark and France and Finland and places like that. Only buy tickets from Live Nation, never, or Ticketmaster, or the Venue Direct, never any of these dodgy resale sites. And if you don't think my podcast is funny enough, well, that's just because I'm being myself chatting about intuition and sex offenders. But the tour, that's where the jokes are. Here we go, sadness again, lupus. Catherine, I find myself being abusive to me. My struggle with lupus has now become a struggle against myself. I've turned my feelings inwards and now I regard my body with disgust and hatred. I'm ashamed of how much lupus has robbed me of, ashamed of my body. I'm angry at how much control lupus has. I feel guilty every time I need to rest and I can't be productive. So I end up pushing myself too far and then I get rushed to A&E, which is embarrassing. I feel like a burden when I have to ask for help. I fear my body. I'm scared the pain will get worse as I get older and it will impact my chances of being a mom. I know I'm not the smartest cookie or the brightest button, but I didn't realize your body could be stupid too, malfunctioning in a painful and life-threatening way every day. I carry around all this shame, guilt, anger, self-hatred, and it's heavy. I'm blessed with a phenomenal, consistent support network who shower me with love in a way this highlights just how much I don't love myself. I don't know how to be kind to myself when my body's being so cruel. I often have thoughts of purposely hurting myself so I can control some of the pain. Don't worry, I'm in therapy and my acceptance of lupus is a regular theme in my sessions. If you're happy to share, I'd appreciate hearing your experience, how you live a life despite lupus. This is so timely because a journalist asked me that this week. She said, how do you manage lupus? And I was like, it doesn't bother me. I, oh wait, how old are you? You are 28. So when I first was diagnosed with lupus, which for those of you who don't know, it's an autoimmune disease and it's genetic, doesn't mean it's inherited necessarily. Your parents don't have to have it, but it's just something 
like fibromyalgia or MS or asthma or colitis. You know, there are many, many, many autoimmune diseases where your immune system attacks healthy cells and organs. They're all different and I think they're deeply misunderstood and I think they also overlap. So when I first was diagnosed, I had a really tough time. I had massive sores on my face. I was totally stressed out and I felt a lot of the same things that you did. Um, I don't care now and I'm lucky that lupus doesn't really affect me now. And that is because, well, Ice-T, the actor, rapper, philanthropist, he tweeted yesterday, stress comes from giving a fuck. And I saw that tweet and I said, am I ice motherfucking tea? Because lupus was a blessing for me. And I know it can be debilitating and it can be fatal. But for me, it really taught me a lot about stress and about how to take control of my own body. And I think it's natural to be angry for a while. But you need to be your own advocate because doctors... Sorry, doctors, but you know so little really about lupus. There have been no major advancements in the last 50 years, so suck it. It's not your fault, but suck it. I wonder why such little research goes into it. Is it because 90% of the people who have it are Hispanic and black women? Don't know. In any case, suck it. Um, You need to take hydroxychloroquine, which is an anti-malarial tablet. I assume you're taking that. I was really against taking it for a while because I didn't have symptoms I didn't think I needed it but you can still mm, sort of manage the disease it's a really safe drug you don't have to take a lot of it you should definitely take it every day try to stay away from steroids if you can manage it and there is an autoimmune protocol diet if you just google AIP diet there are so many recipes on there uh, that doctors will tell you don't affect lupus. Oh, it doesn't matter what you eat. I'm sorry, it does. Your immune system, it, think of it as a bucket. And once it overflows, you're in trouble. So if you're filling your bucket with things that are going to flare your immune response and cause you inflammation, you need to take those things out of the bucket. So you can't be eating a lot of processed food or dairy And you have to stay really clean with your diet and stay away from caffeine and from alcohol and stay as low stress as you possibly can. This is difficult because lupus can cause depression. It can mess with the cortisol in your brain and do things to you and make you more upset about having lupus. It kind of feeds itself that way. You have to, and I don't mean to victim blame you or say that anyone with an autoimmune disease can completely manage it on their own but for me there are environmental things that I could do to mediate the autoimmune response and to make my life better so life's not fair you can't stay out as late as the other girls and you can't drink as much as the other girls and you can't eat what the other girls do and you can't be in the sun for as long as they can but there will be benefits that you have to that they don't and Be noisy with your doctor, be your own advocate, and learn what keeps you calm. Because I really think, for me anyway, stress is huge. Let's try to end on something just a little bit lighter. Catherine, am I being a bitch? 
my mom has stupidly given away 8,000 pounds to a con man. (laughs) Well, my dad passed away in 2018. My mom's never spoken to us about it. Never checked to see if we're okay. She did strange things like throwing my dad's clothes and possessions away without asking us. So I understand my mom had her reasons for doing this, but... My mom met someone last year via a dating site, told my sister and all my mom's friends, but didn't tell me. I only found out through her friend. My sister came across a message with a photo of the receipt for some money sent. And she also asked a friend about an army number. The friend told her it's fake and a scam. Both my sister and I have told her this is a scam twice, and she denied even sending the money. She contacted the bank, who said it was a scam. She said, I want to talk to him in the evenings. There's nothing wrong with that. And that I was controlling her life. Fast forward to last week when my sister found a bank statement which proved she sent the £8,000 to him since December. Different payments and she even took out a payday loan. (gasps) Am I being a bitch for getting angry about this? I feel like she hasn't considered us or our feelings in anything. The money doesn't matter. It's the lies, deception, and sheer blinkeredness of it. She hasn't said thank you for both of us taking a day off work to ring the banks, police, phone company, etc. Am I being selfish? Do I need to suck it up and get more empathy? Please be honest. Well, it's not about the time you took off work or anything else. I think that your anger is because you feel hurt And it does hurt to outgrow your parents. If you see your mother doing something really stupid and really childish, then that is disappointing in a different way because your power structures have shifted. You know, she is playing herself and you're powerless to stop it. Because at the end of the day, if a grown woman wants to give a fake pen pal (laughs) eight grand and let herself be scammed you know it's happened time and time again on some of my favorite shows this is all i watch on reality tv right now your job right now is essentially to convince her that santa claus isn't real now you tell that to someone who isn't ready to hear it they will have a shit fit because she's holding on to the fantasy that this man exists he loves her She loves him. She's taking out a payday loan. I know how high the interest is on those. And the bad news is she's probably not done sending him money. I have seen people in the reality TV shows and the news bankrupt themselves. And it absolutely is fraud and should be illegal. And yeah, it hurts. It's really painful and feels scary to watch your mother have such poor judgment. You're not being a bitch. The only thing left for you to do is kidnap her. You need to take a page from the book of Mr. Jamie Spears and uh, apply conservatorship over this woman's life. It's not like you can just take her purse, take her bank cards. You know, she'll find other ways to send him money and she won't be able to support herself if you take all her money away. So do you have a radiator? Can you chain this woman to it for a while because genuinely that's the only way out I've seen this play out again and again and it gets a lot worse before it gets better and there's no way to stop a grown-up from acting out of mistaken love and being taken advantage of 
if the police won't intervene and if this guy is still hanging around, maybe you could be a sexy decoy. We have this show in America and Canada called Maury Provich. I don't know if you got it over here, but he would have guests on and they would be fraudulent. And usually the man was cheating on the woman. So he'd bring the woman on stage, leave the man in the green room, and then he'd release a sexy decoy and she'd flirt with him. And the man was always so stupid. He didn't realize he was on camera and he'd start getting off with the actress, the sexy decoy. You need to pose, get yourself on this dating website, get this guy's number, start flirting with him, get him on side, set a trap, get him away from your mother because you're not going to get your mother away from him without handcuffs. Are you a bitch? No. Good luck. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Telling Everybody Everything. You can email me at tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. I had so much response to the dick special. Really great comments flooding in about Bobby. A lot of people sharing their own experiences, some of their own traumas, some of their own views. It really sparked a lot of convo. And you know, I love it anytime men are opening up and talking. Um, Thank you to those of you who sent in emails that I read on that special because they were very helpful to people. I mean, the main takeaway... Most guys did not know that they were meant to stretch their own foreskins. So I think, yeah, I know we're changing the world. I'll see you next week. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com